Good morning. Good morning. I got, I got a Motley crew in here today. I haven't had for a long time. I feel good to have a couple great field folks in here. Scott Blanchard, superintendent over at the Route 9 Connector, 395 Route 9 Connector. Good Herb. And Tim LePage, Northern Maine Regional Manager. Good morning. Good morning. So we're going to talk about the uh, Route 9 395 Connector job, and we're glad to have you talk about that, Scott. We're going to hit a, on the outline here real quick. Um, so we've got no project awards to talk about. We had a couple last week, but our folks are still bidding like crazy. And, uh, we've got a lot of opportunities out there and we're going to keep an eye on that as we go. This doesn't mean that Pat Dubé and the estimating team are taking weeks off at a time. They're still working hard. We have a few shout outs, half a dozen or so. I'd like to see more. So when you get done listening to this podcast, go ahead and text back your shout out. You can do that right now. New employees, we have one down in the Mid-Atlantic we want to announce. And then uh, in, in terms of announcements, I'll just touch on the idea that we've got, uh, this is A to Z month for wellness. With that, no awards here. We're going to talk about the Route 9 395 connector. Scott, and let's just talk about the job. You got started over there a little over a year ago. Year and a week right now was uh, fifty-three weeks ago. Yeah, um, we're one year into a three and a half year project. Uh, we've hit quite a few milestones. Mm. Um, those being uh, the wick drain system that we had to put in there was the initial uh, phase of the project. Um, Sixty thousand yards of sand we had to put in to uh, accommodate that system. Um, throughout the last summer, we had. Uh, Couple of huge box culverts that we had to uh, install down in in a felt brook and felt brook tributary yep. area, and um, one was on a pile cap, which made it a little bit more difficult. Required cofferdam system and a whole bunch of dewatering, and those had to be installed within a certain time frame. That is correct. Uh, we had one that was uh, in stream work; the other one, what was not um, time related like that. But we had to be on the ball to get it. Like we're always, we want to do it when uh, the weather is uh, favorable and the grounds are dry. So, yep. and if we hadn't met that time frame, we wouldn't have been able to initiate that work until later this year, right? Correct. That would have been uh, that's uh, certain milestones we had to hit, kind of phasing throughout the project. Yep. So, so you mentioned wick drains, and we've used wick drains on a number of projects, but. A lot of our people have never seen a wick drain, nor do they know what they do. Can you explain that to us? Yep. I'll, uh, I'll take that one, Herb. Um, a wick is, uh, we, they mounted on an excavator we, and uh, is a mandrel that drives. It's about a five inch wide piece of fabric with uh, plastic wrapped in fabric. Mm-hmm. And it's like a piece of cardboard. So it drives it down to the bottom, a depth, and uh, it has a plate on the bottom of it. And when he pulls back the mandrel, the wick stays down at the bottom and it comes up to the sand layer that Scott had had uh, placed out over the wet areas. And then Scott and his crews placed a bunch of fill on top of it, the surcharge, 
And when you put that weight on it, it increases the pore pressure, which in turn pulls the water out of the blue marine yep. clays and it stabilizes it. Uh, that's the whole key is getting the water out of it. And when so it consolidates that clay. It, yep. So how much how much uh, settlement have you seen right now in some of that? Well, there's places there that have settled out two feet, two more, feet or better, already. and some is very little. It yeah. all depends on how uh, uh, volatile the, the clay is. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just wanted because I know there's a lot of people that might never see a wick drain installation. And we've done quite a lot of them here. We did Adam Tienan did some down in Portland yep. uh, a couple of years ago, and Norge Walks got a bunch of Walks got some. Yep. Yep. So uh, it's an interesting process, but what it is, it's it's literally driving wicks right. like a candle wick. Just, it's yeah. the idea is to wick the water out of that soil because that water is part of what keeps it from settling and consolidating. Right. So right. like a kerosene lantern. And then you, so you put weight on top of that almost be like putting a wick in a sponge and then putting a weight on top of the sponge. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So when a lot of people have gone by over on Wilson street and they've seen, they've seen what they think they see, but it's a bunch of flags <laughs> that they put out. <laughs> right. And uh, they see the flags. Those are five feet on center, both directions. And that's how they mark them out with them little uh, various color flags. And then they drive those wicks into those spots. When, when you say that they see what they think they see. Yes. Reminds me, Tim Folster and I were in Waterville one time and I pointed at a building It was right in front of the truck. And I said, I wonder what that building is. He said, that's not the building you're thinking about. <laughs> I said, okay. All right. So um, you've got a quarry opened up. Yep. Further out on Route 9. Yeah, we, uh, this, later this summer, uh, last summer, we ended up opening up a new quarry. Uh, to make our base gravel, sub-base gravel. Uh, we're crushing it. I had a crew out there most of the fall. Um, um, our intentions are hopefully that uh, we get this quarry established and uh, we'll be able to use this uh, throughout the upcoming years here to help supplement the material going to our asphalt plant in Herman. Yep. yep. So this was uh this was a, we're doing this with John Williams, which right, is Brent correct. Williams' dad. Right, right. Brent's a PX for us. Keep it in the family, yeah. Keep it right in the family. Yeah. Uh, great guy to work with. I know Eric and I met with him two or three times over there and and were able to work something out that we felt was really advantageous for this project uh, in the short term, also for, for John and family. Uh, but the long term kind of uh, helps him out more to the extent that we can get a market to, to haul the material out of. Right. So you've got a bridge contractor working there. Yep. T-Bot construction. They're and, working on uh, five bridges. Um, they've got one, com I'd say fairly complete right now. It's one on Lambert road and we're working on uh, getting one ready for Cluleyville road and Eastern Avenue this summer. So these are um, selected bridges. We have to maintain, we're able to shut the roads down and have uh, detours around these areas. And uh, we was able to have those two go concurrently. Okay. Um, there's another one on Levin Cellar that we couldn't do at the same time as Cluleyville because they're each other's detour. Route. Right. Yeah. One's a detour from where the other's closed. Right. So to, to date, what's been the most challenging part of the project? Um, like I mentioned when your chairman there or the guy on the board came in yep. was that Feltbrook, uh, Mark Scalbert. Yeah. That was the most uh, key. That was a key component of the whole area down there. Uh, that was, we had a, a coffer dam set up and then we didn't have very good luck with that at all at the beginning, but we 
come through and get it straightened around. Um, we, uh, we had to have that done to make the whole area flow and we get that done on time. So, um, it was, uh, that was the toughest part so far. Yep. It, it was the lowest spot of the project too, Herb. So everything was heading to that one spot and, uh, it was challenging. It was yeah. Low to low. And we got through that. It was like everybody take a deep breath and here we go on to the next stage. It was really nice to get that part done. Now it's interesting that I remember in 1983 when, when HE Sergeant was awarded the 395 project, that project was, I believe, 8.3 million. <laughs> a tenth. And now this one, 40 years later, is 84 million. Right. 10 yeah. times more. Uh, interesting. I think more bridges involved. So it's not really quite the same, but. Uh, that 8.3, by the way, did not include the bridge across the river. That was, that was uh Chimbro who got that job, but it, it really is interesting to see the, the amount of money that's going into this, but there's a lot of things on this job that, that drove the cost up. So we've talked about the, the, uh, wick drains, mm -hmm. significant money in wick drains, um, We've got the box culverts and the treatments that went, you know, the pile caps that went in the box culverts. We also got lightweight fill being trucked in from Pennsylvania. Yep. South Philly. Yep. Um, that's uh, about 80,000 yards of that is coming in from South Philly, like I said, and it's uh, over $100 a yard just to, just to purchase it. And then we have to place it and everything else above that ends up being about a buck and a half. A yard. So, so just that lightweight fill itself is more than what that 395 spur was from the bridge out to Whiting Hill. Right. It's about $11 million of the project. That's amazing. Just, just that one item. And we haven't put a culvert in. We haven't paved. We haven't drilled and shot any rock yet. Anything. I want to, I want to give Scott and the crews credit on this part though. Herb. They've chipped that up in Philly and they've had anywhere from 12 to 15 trucks bringing it up daily. And it's gone really, really good. We haven't had to stop hauling any material. It's come to, site and place it right in place. And that's crucial because this lightweight fill breaks down if you handle it more than one mm -hmm. time. And uh, that's a crucial part of this job that Scott had to manage. And it wasn't easy when we're dealing with multiple, multiple uh, delivery yeah. people. So I give his, him and his crew credit for that. Had the right crew on that. They were pretty uh, easy going. Gary Rollins and uh, Aaron Layton. Yep. They, uh, I had uh, Isaac Preble and a couple other guys there unloading unloading the trailers uh, they give the boys uh, uh, compliments on cleaning out the trailers for them um, they usually don't get that service anywhere else. well we want to get every town we bought that's exactly <laughs> what i had them in there <laughs> you don't leave any in there no that's why right. i had them in there but uh, some of the trucks have uh, dual purposes and there's one in particular that the boys really don't like is the one that hauls trash back to I bet. They called him stinky. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember when we bid the job, that was a, that was an item of particular risk for us because when you're paying a hundred dollars, I mean, when you're paying eight bucks a yard for gravel delivered and you're going to have some loss, that's one thing. We don't like it, right? We want to control the loss. When we're paying a hundred dollars a yard for something, controlling that loss is pretty paramount. And so uh, this stuff can break down unlike, I mean, dirt can break down, but this stuff can break down in ways that dirt can't. 
And as I understand it, so handling it more than once is, is a big no, no. And so being able to, to do that, uh, without having to rehandle it, a big key. Uh, but I know we, we racked our brains around how much risk there was in waste of that material. Yeah. So. No, it, it, I, that was a big key. And like I said, we were ready to stockpile because we didn't know if we could take it and keep the trucks going. But like I said, the crews did excellent. They worked some long nights yeah. and days out there, but they kept them going. So it, so when we talked to the supplier there, we had them guarantee us a, uh, if we uh, performed, uh, put the stuff in with the means and methods that he had described for us, which we did even probably better. Um, we guaranteed a maximum of uh, 20%, 25% loss. And uh, we're maintaining that right now. Yep. So uh, that's a guarantee with him. Yep. So if we, so if we end up going over, if we end up with 30% loss, we'll have a little talk with it. Right. So it, but it's that 10% loss. If we had 10% more is $1.1 million. Correct. Right. Yep. So it's, it's a big deal. It's a big number. Huge. It was a big risk item that we, we addressed in the bid and, and, you know, you guys get handed a bid basically. And, and, now it's your job to manage through those risks. And man, you guys have really done a hell of a job of that. Not just that item, but all the items on the job. Oh, it's really been fun. Fun dealing with the crews over there in Scott. And it's been challenging, but fun project. It's good to see the, you know, we talk about the legacy going forward. Yeah. You know, back in 83, I wasn't part of that one, but now it's nice to continue going on. Sure. You know what I mean? We're going to be the next piece. So I wasn't part of it either. I was in Essex Junction, Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) There is one person full circle on that one. Mark Wright was working on that one. Yeah. 83 or 84. He was working on the box, uh, multi-plate down there that we had to work around. So he's been here long enough to do both projects. So what, what do you, uh, how, how do you feel? I mean, this project means a lot to the company and can you guys describe different ways it means a lot to the company. Um, again, just going back to that statement, Herb, where I feel like I'm carrying on the legacy going forward for back what they did in 83. It's just pretty cool that to know that I see pictures of how they used to do it then, not to how we're doing it now, the different technology and to know I'm be part of that. It's just, it's cool. It's yeah. really cool. So I take that. I think a lot of other people think about it the same way also. Yeah. Another thing that, uh, People need to know too is they weren't weren't a whole lot of bidders on this project, right? And uh, regardless if we we get we got the project, but uh, the state was very happy that we got the project. Yeah, I can tell you that. I I had a conversation with Bruce Van Note, the DOT commissioner, last fall, and in his words to me were, "Herb, whenever we see your low bidder on a job, I know I don't have to worry about it anymore." That's a good feeling. So, you know, just from a backlog perspective, when that job hit our backlog, it probably boosted our backlog by 50 to 100% at the time. And the biggest job we've ever had at $84 million, uh, far bigger than anything else we've got. I think the next biggest job we've got has been about $40 million. Yep. So a big job backlog-wise, and the fact that it stretched out over two or three seasons – Gives us an, an opportunity to attack the job differently than if it was, you know, a season and a half or two seasons. Yep. Uh, so we can really, you guys really focused on 
that I'm going to call it the southern western end, right? Yep. Hard. And uh, then I heard somebody, I think I heard you say yesterday, we can actually traverse the whole length of the job now. Uh, within a week. Scott's, Scott's, a week. Scott's working that way. It's not, yep. it's not Scott saying, everybody come on over and run across my job. <laughs> oh, definitely not. In the rain. <laughs> no. When it's raining. No, that's right. It's uh, probably blocked off by, by the time that we get that opened up. Yep. So. But just, uh, talk, just talking about something like that, though, Herb, is this last month he's been planning. He's been planning it for the last two months about for next year's work. He's staging all the box culverts by building a ledge road out. We're getting them staged there. So early yeah. spring, all the box culverts going to be right where we need, needing to be. Jam them right in. Have them right in there, ready to go. And it's been, uh, like I said, it's been fun watching the progress go through there. So This project's been uh, it's three-year-long project, but we got half the excavation done right now. Yep. It's uh, over 650,000 yards of excavation. And uh, it looks like we got about 370,000 in place today. today. Yep. So, and that's, uh, the boys told me yesterday that uh, they could see Route 9 in their rearview mirror and they're dumping the load. So we're yep. getting close. Getting close. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for the bridges and all the coordination between the in-water work and the bridges and everything, this job would be something you could wrap up in easy two seasons. Yeah. Yep. It almost, you know, we look at the job and go, wow, we've got six, 700,000, 800,000 yards of dirt to move, whatever it is. And let's jam that. Let's, but we couldn't jam it. We couldn't, you know, we got constraints and, uh, but you guys have jammed where you could. Yeah. This, uh, there's not a lot of pipe on the project either. It's some big, Culverts, whatnot. Right. But, uh, um, this project in particular is a lot different than the Gardner project. Uh, Gardner had a lot of uh, technical um, get, uh, electronics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. all in concrete work and stuff like that. That added up too. So this is a lot of this is a lot more self-performed stuff. Right. So it's a little bit different than than uh, that project in that respect. And Gardner's was phasing back and forth yeah. and sideways yeah. and in and out. Let traffic keep traffic flow six ways to Sunday. And right. for the most part, you're able to deal with without traffic here. Right. We'll get a taste of that. When we tie into, into three ninety five there. Yeah. Summer after next or so. Yep. What do we, what haven't we touched on? You want to talk about? Well, uh, mentioned earlier before we started here, we talked about, uh, probably the topic maybe would be winning in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of love up, winning in the field. Yeah. We had a, a couple of, good ideas in the company to uh, help the project move along a little bit more, uh, more quickly. And uh, one of the things we had, we had some ideas just to talk to the owner and uh, find out uh, what we could do to uh, make the project move a little bit more smoothly. Um, We knew he was going to be in trouble with that box culvert time-wise. So right up front, we asked if we could have an extension early on um, if we had to go past the October uh, 1st deadline. Uh, deadline. So the guy, you know, they said, well, we can ask. He said, but why do you want to put it, the extension on that end? He said, why wouldn't you put it on the front end? I said, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know we could. So, uh, so we ended up getting a, a five week extension on that in stream work window on the front end. And so you can start early. So we started early when the, when we really could use it. And yeah. We, like I said, we had a little trouble with the coffer dams and whatnot, but, um, we end up finishing the Friday before the October 1st, even with that five week head start. Cause I knew that was going to be a problem because yeah. it was just a difficult thing to, to handle. And, uh, uh, 
they 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 was all on board. And I guess the thing I want to have people take away with, and some of the younger superintendents or even the older superintendents, but or be, don't be afraid to ask uh, ask some questions and see if you can't you know um, get some different ideas out there. State people and they were really good to work with. Um, owners usually are. Uh, they're people. Don't be scared of them. Um, yeah, they, these guys had these guys had three or four years put this project together, but they they can't possibly fathom every little uh, every little idea that needs right. to be done. So they're open minded and they want they want a successful project just like we do. So uh, yeah, it's so the takeaway as you said is, is just. Number one, be creative. Yeah, very creative. Yeah, yeah. Be creative and don't live in a silo being creative is is kind of push that outside and ask questions of the people, the stakeholders in the projects, whether it's DOT or Casella or waste management or, or you know, a utility job we're doing somewhere is to ask questions about can we take a, a different approach or, or revise this one a little bit that could bring a fair amount of benefit to the project. Even, even talking to these guys, I mean, you, you may have thought of a different idea, but just that one in particular, we wanted on the end of the mm-hmm. project and he would take it on the front end. Great idea. Yep. Once we started working with it, it worked pretty well. And we had another, but if you'd never asked that question, he never would have come to you and no. said, let's start five weeks early. What do you think Scott? Yeah, no, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, we had another opportunity that we, uh, we put forth on uh, the town of Eddington. We talked to the town of Eddington uh, ahead of time. The detour road, we weren't supposed to shut, uh, shut this road down in Colubeville uh, until March 15th. And we said, let's go up and see if we'll, they'll let us start early. And lo and behold, they did. We started January 9th. We're here on uh, first week of February, and we're getting a foot and cleared off so they can start putting concrete in. Yep. So we're six weeks ahead of schedule. Yeah. May, need, that, that may all, need it. Hopefully it won't, but maybe need it. <laughs> so there's one way of winning in the field is, is being done ahead of schedule. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's quality, it's safety, it's schedule. It's, it's getting, because the sooner we can open that all up, the better off the state is, right. The better off the traveling public is. Yep. And that's right. when we say we respect resources. That's a resource like that contract time that we have that maybe hopefully we can give some back. That's a resource the state has that the traveling public has that we're here to give them if we can. Right. And it also creates, even if you can't give them the full time back, you're, you're going to be able to um, maybe give a little bit more uh, effort on some of the stuff that you would be running a time on at yep. the end. Yep. Good. Now wrap up your report on I-395 Route 9 connector. For right now. Okay. You'll have more later. Yeah. I think it's time for shout outs. I'll get started. James Burnett would like to give a shout out to Kevin Gordon. A huge shout out, he says, for coming to the Mid-Atlantic and t- talking with us. The amount of knowledge that man has is worth listening to every single word. I agree with that. That's a good one, Herb. Yep. Um, I'm going to give one uh, for Josh Dillingham. He's. Uh, I'd like to thank... Uh, a shout out to Dylan Carmichael, Jacob Fowellen, Casey Whitmore, and Cody Willette for helping move the old office over to the new office. You guys jumped right in and went office to office asking anyone who had stuff to go over. Even though it was extremely cold, Ooh. we did it safely. It was cold. The wind was blowing. 
Uh, they did it extremely safe, uh, safely and efficiently and got it done. I can't wait to spend more time at the new office to do trainings. This place is sweet, he says. <laughs> <laughs> also, a shout, a shout out to Bobby uh, for finding them a utility trailer on short notice to move everything over with. So. Yeah, those, those guys did work hard the other day, and it was much appreciated what they did to help move everybody over on Friday. Big deal. Yep. Um, Pete Perizzo wanted to give a shout out to the uh, Jim Braley, Derek Trueworthy, and John Grindle. Um, Bangor Water District had a had four leaks this last weekend and 22 frozen service-related calls. Um, they only had one dump truck. Those guys stepped up to provide trucking so that the water service could be restored to the city. So that that was a that was a late night call too, if I if I remember right. Yeah, I don't doubt that, and that's that's a big deal just to be part of the community in my mind. You know, just if if we can jump in and help, and yep. I don't know how many people are out of water, but. It's not fun. And Jim's pretty accommodating usually, not just to the water district, but if yeah, you call and need some help, yep. he's, he's right there for you. So, so Kiri Sheehan, a big shout out to Josh Dillingham, Jacob Flewellen, Cody Willette, Dylan Carmile, Carmichael, and Casey Whitmore. These guys got them doubled up. for moving the heavy files and furniture from the old office to the new one. It was not an easy task, and the weather was crazy cold. They had amazing attitudes and smiles all day. Thank you, guys, from Kiri Sheehan. And me. Double <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, this one's from Arthur Herberst. I would like to give a shout out to Ryan Bragg and Jason Light for all their efforts around the new office. These two put a lot of work to get this place ready. And I know Jason is still working on it right now. He's crazy. Well, crazy I, I want to add on, you know, Ryan's done a lot of work and, and Jason's been working on setting this place up for a couple months, probably more. Uh, just really, uh, Jason has been on point. I mean, now he's got everybody. Okay. How do I hook up my printer? How do I do this? How do I do that? And Ryan's also, there's a lot of things that are, you know, coming up that, well, this, we, we need this change here in that office and you'd expect that. Uh, so they're both working the tails off. So thank you. Um, we had another one here, uh, from Sebastian, the guy I just met here. I don't really know how you say your last name. Vantage. Okay, uh, Sebastian Benage, he's getting on board with these shout-outs now. Uh, he wanted to give a big shout-out to the onboarding team here at Sargent for a very warm welcome. And doing so, his orientation throughout the year can get monotonous, but none of, of you showed that at all. I'd like He'd like to also uh, do a shout-out for Glenn Adams for answering a a hundred, hundreds of questions that he had thrown over him over the last week and having an answer for all of them. They may not all be right, but at least he had an answer for them. <laughs> Glenn's going to give you an answer. I don't think he'd. I don't think he'd lead you off the off the plank. No, it may be just. I, for I wonder fun. how long it took to get 100, 100 answers from him. Must well, have, must have been a while. So R.J. Russell with a shout out to Derek Hurst, and you you may or may not remember Derek was our wellness coordinator for years. Uh, a few years ago, he recommended he recommended that he get a personal care provider, so he did. And uh, R.J. reports he just had a colonoscopy. And without going into the gory details, in a nutshell, being screened in the long run more than likely saved me an extremely unpleasant scenario. Please, my brothers and sisters, get screened. And this is the part I believe RJ wants you all to hear. Please get screened. Feel great. Had no, he felt great. Had no idea. Couple weeks off and have full intentions of joining all of you to annihilate this year's backlog. Professional company who believes in honoring all aspects of doing business. 
There's no emojis on here. No emojis. Just a lot of just a lot of exclamation points, which is fine. RJ, thank you for the the message. The shout out. The message is get screened. Don't let this thing get on top of you. And that wraps up our shout outs, but we do have to to name the Newton Grindle Award, the Leave It Then You Better Leader Leave It Better Than You Found It Award. We decided it was going to go to Pete Perizzo. A shout out to Jim Braley, Derek Truthy, and John Grindle. Now, this is the Newton Grindle Award, and that's a different Grindle that's getting this award. So otherwise he'd be disqualified. Otherwise he'd be disqualified. So we're going to have $50 uh, gift certificates to the company store go to Pete, Jim, Derek, and John Grindle. And while I'm at it, I'm going to go back and add one. Because I thought this James Burnett shout out to Kevin Gordon. I can tell you the, there's two guys right there that live and die by leave it better than you found it. So we're going to give those two guys an award too, $50 gift certificates. Let's do it. Congratulations. Congratulations. And for new employees, we have Thomas North, uh, mid Atlantic as a dozer operator. So we want to welcome Thomas. And I don't have the announcement in front of me, but this past Monday was the start of the new wellness challenge, wherein you get to choose A to Z, a new food every day. It starts with either A to Z. And we made some yucks last week, like somebody was going to eat zebra, but then we realized that that wasn't part of it. <laughs> but A to Z, so uh, asparagus, Z, Zucchini. Z, bananas. Carrots. What's today? What's tomorrow? Scott, you don't look very interested. Diced tomatoes. Diced tomatoes. Okay. In any event, we're going to let it go with that. Gentlemen, last words? Just get rested up and get ready for uh, the spring kickoff and hammer down. We'll hammer down then. Like to make sure everybody stays warm out there. Brutally cold there last couple of weeks. So make sure you guys dress some layers and uh, can't afford to lose you out there. We run pretty lean most of the time. That is correct. So one guy out with a cold or hurt, I don't, not even hurt, but just cold being out sick is, is detrimental to the project. Detrimental to them. Detrimental to them too. So everybody loses on yeah. that. So I want to thank everybody that's, that's, put in such a great year in 22 and really great year lined up ahead of us. I think, you know, in terms of backlog and we're going to need a lot of help. So if you know somebody that you think would work well in our crew, bring them all in. There is a referral bonus to that. And if you need the details on that, you can check with Amy Soames or Heather Hutchinson. They can give you the details on that. With that said, I'm going to close it out with zero accidents, zero accidents. Zero accidents. Mm-hmm.